surfs up at Gotham Point. That's right, Joker. And challenging you to the surfing title. Through my latest invention, the surfing experience and ability transferometer, all your surfing know-how will be drained out of you and transferred to me. Some joker drained everything I know about surfing and all my ability with a gizmo called a surfing experience and ability transferometer. What here supposes up, Buzzy? The surf, Duke. Welcome to Surf Kings of Gotham, the only podcast we care to learn about that bask in the warm technicolor glow of sitcom vigilantism, which is Batman 67. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm your other host, Brady. Today, we are watching Season 2, Episode 51, A Piece of the Action, directed by Oscar Rudolph and written by Charles Hoffman. This episode originally aired March 1st, 1967, and features special guest villain Colonel Gum, as played by Roger C. Carmel, or Carmel, um, not billed as special guest villain, which is weird. Anyway, the one-sentence uh, Wikipedia summary says, The Green Hornet and Cato arrive in Gotham City to stop Colonel Gum and his counterfeit stamp operation, with Batman also appearing on the scene. So I just want to say, Green Hornet's cool as hell and deserved a much better villain. Now, I agree that he's cool as hell, but I really liked the villain. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was he he had he had David Wayne vibes to me. He oh, was I very actor. I just didn't like like the villain himself. It's like it's one of those things of like I like the portrayal. I just don't like the the well bit. He's. He's the Mad Hatter of stamps, which I guess is as exciting as it sounds, but he does a great job with it. He's he's an all-over-the-place, mustachioed character, and I thought he was pretty cool. But no, he wasn't a dangerous villain up to the stamp. Like, yeah, Green Hornet is cool. And I should point out, for because I'm sure most of our listeners have never seen this show because somehow nobody saw it back when it aired, uh, Green Hornet was produced by Bill Dozier, who also produced Batman. But Batman was a sitcom, and Green Hornet was a straight drama. Yeah, I would I would like to see it. I've I might have seen one episode. I've I don't think I've ever really. It's on seen YouTube. Much Green Hornet, is it? I'll check yeah, it out. It's on YouTube. I've seen some. I'm gonna go back and watch the rest now. I really liked what I saw. Is just there's so much stuff to watch. There is. But All yeah, right. well, we'll cool get hell and his sidekick is none other than Bruce Lee. Yeah, he doesn't say much or do much. Not in this episode, anyway. No. And to be fair, Green Hornet doesn't actually do much. And you get the impression that their thing is where Batman and Robin both fight villains, Green Hornet kind of stands there and shoots at them while like, while Kato kicks them. And then it seems yeah. like after Batman, you're like, oh, that's not very impressive. Until you watch this guy do it, then you're like, Oh, yeah, that's much cooler. Yeah, Bruce Lee is cool as hell and very quick. Like, I had to watch the one scene where he does kick a guy in the head. I had to rewind that, like, five or six times to actually see what he was doing. Yeah, they come in a room and take over the place so quick, it makes Batman and Robin look like this is their first day doing this. 
Yeah. And they saw like he actually like they have like well, I guess we'll get into it, but he has like observation skills and is able to like determine what's going on in a much more efficient way than Batman. He's up on he's up on par with Alfred. Yeah. Green Hornet and Kato are a lot less the note that I made was in comparison, Batman and Robin seem like wacky inflatable arm living men at car dealerships. <laughs> and Green Hornet and Kato are like, look, bite or don't. Yeah, very cool. Well, I guess we should get started. Uh, it's midnight in Gotham City. An unusual and... nighttime crime. Yeah. Again, speaking to the seriousness of Green Hornet and Kato. They are outside the Pink Chip Stamp Factory. Thriving stamp factory in Gotham City. Which has a sliding door like the doors on Star Trek. And something must be amiss. Something must be very much amiss for the Cato and Green Hornet to be here. Because they don't live in Gotham City, you see. That's correct. They have a cool car, too. Black Beauty or whatever they call that car is pretty cool looking. Yeah. Uh, inside the just the entryway here of this stamp factory, there's a big sign on the door, on a big door, that says, Stamping Room, keep out. This means you. <laughs> and that door has a peephole in it, like a like an old-timey gambling room at the back of a speakeasy or something. Yeah. Chico Marx looks through it and it's like, what's the password? <laughs> As the peephole slams shut, uh, inside that door, we get a ragtag crew of criminals here, led by the very mad hatterish Colonel Gum. And they're like, visitors, boss. And he's like, say what? In the middle of my midnight snack, I just heated up this alphabet soup. Yeah, he's very, very he's, strange. He's all about alphabet soup. That's his gimmick. He's picked something out of a hat and alphabet soup. And he yes, apparently has true. like a vat of it just in the corner of the room with a, with a label that says alphabet soup. I'm not sure. Um, they're masked visitors, boss. So Kato and the Green Hornet get into the back room here. And he's like, hey, uh, if you want stamps, visit the retail outlet. This is the factory. Yeah, the factory where like all the hired hands just sit around and watch the foreman eat soup. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's there's got they need some kind of efficiency expert or something <laughs> some someone to come in here and put this right this is not the japanese principle of kaizen or constant improvement yeah, that we would huh. look for in today's type of factory we've stacked enough um, boxes of stamps lads come in here and watch me eat soup <laughs> yeah there's not much factoring going on in this factory but you're being uh, paid for the for your time enjoy it yeah. A, a mini fight breaks out here and this is where again so Green Hornet shoots his gas gun at a couple of guys and Kato kicks a dude right in the head and like yeah. jumps around and like punches another dude and I've heard stories of how you know they used to have no 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 Bruce Lee you have to slow down you're too fast you're not the camera can't pick up your quick moves and you think yeah that's an urban legend what kind of horse shit is that uh but no it's just that a is weird correct blur, like a upa cartoon yeah 
Yeah, he's like all of a sudden he's in. I, I feel like maybe the frame rates of the cameras were a little lower back then or something. They couldn't pick this up, but he was like blindingly fast. Like all of a sudden, some dudes just kicked in the head. I had to he's watch like it a, a few times. Jump scare. Yeah, but very cool, very very cool. Yeah. So, so to be clear, they come into the room. Colonel Gum says, "Come back during operating hours." Green Hornet for no reason gasses half of them. And then Cato cripples the rest, and then they leave. Yeah, yeah. they're yes, out. Well, boys, Green Hornets in town. No bye. Yeah, yeah. It was a very quick scene introducing. Oh, uh, this guy's got a gas gun, and that other dude is going to kick everyone in the head. These guys are way more efficient than Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. So the next morning, in the same factory, uh, a lady comes in. Her name is Miss Pinkston, Miss Pinky Pinkston. And she has she's the owner and a cruelly dyed pink dog. Yeah, that was mean. They <laughs> must not have had any standards for the treatment of animals on set back in the 60s, because oh my goodness, that was bad. Yeah. Poor and the dog. dog is like, I don't feel well. Yeah. <laughs> this is causing me to have dog cancer. <laughs> yeah. Horrible pink monster. <laughs> yeah. This is not even real pink. It's like a shade of fuchsia. What was gained? What was gained? <laughs> Why couldn't your gimmick have been feeding me properly? <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, so she calls the commissioner. Now, I don't know about you because I didn't read the the Wikipedia description before I watched this. But I I could have sworn she was going to be in on this, you know? Like, every she's indication got a whole... is that she's the real villain, yeah. Yeah, she's got... She's got it all planned out here, where she's like, that's it, I'm calling the commission, I'm calling the police. And the colonel's just like, oh, but, 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 don't, but don't call the police. And she's like, why not? I'm running an honest operation here. Like, And just something about the way she said it was like, oh, what? I don't trust yeah. you, lady. <laughs> She's very defensive about how honest her business is, like Tony Soprano. It's honest waste management. No one asked if it was honest. We just asked what you did for a living. Oh, um, waste management. Yeah. Yeah, so she calls Commissioner Gordon and gets put through right away and describes the men that broke into her, the masked men that broke into her factory. But we don't get to hear the description. All we can hear is her, like, mumbling. And Commissioner Gordon's reaction is like, Oh, what? Men, you say, in clothing at midnight. What? There's a there's a twelve o'clock at night too. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be unconscious by nine, so I don't face any more of my life at nighttime. Yeah, that's right. We come before Bonnie goes home. She just comes in and puts a blanket over my head like a birdcage to make me know it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> And the nighttime is when I begin to question all of my decisions, so I try to be out by nine. <laughs> That's all it takes, too. He just immediately falls asleep when someone puts a blanket over his head because he thinks it's nighttime. <laughs> <sighs> Meanwhile, at Stately Wayne Manor, there's brick even a comma Stately even... Wayne Manor. Yeah, brick colored because he's the, everything else is pink this episode. Uh, they're talking about stamp collecting. Harriet's involved. They're, I've never understood stamp collecting. 
I feel like Maybe it was just there wasn't an internet back in the 60s so it wasn't like you can be like I can read a book or watch a movie or play a game or talk to people instead it was like well I gotta pass the time till I die somehow um oh stamps I'll collect those maybe these bottle yeah. caps television from this era and up until the 80s has really led me to believe that stamp collecting is like a really big deal yeah like there's <laughs> a like every every show had a stamp collecting episode you know yeah there's a famous episode of the brady bunch where um all the children have stamps from a certain store and jan wants some stupid thing and instead of just saying it's jan and having that be the conclusion of the like resolution of the problem they're like oh well alice is gonna give is gonna be forced to give one of the children her green stamps based on nothing outside of we own her (laughs) Uh, there aren't enough shows these days about people who own people (laughs) <laughs> you don't see enough shows about men who have too many children and not not enough man servants. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the phone rings, of course. Alfred comes in, interrupts this stamp collecting mumbo jumbo. He's like, uh, phone for the sorry. love of God, if you can quit slapping your privilege around for a minute and come answer the phone. <laughs> yeah. Would it kill one of you to help me with some housework? <laughs> um you're inventing hobbies now. This is how lazy you are. <laughs> uh, Harriet calls out here. Big part of this scene. She calls out, uh, don't forget you've got a, a lunch date, Bruce. With Pinky Pinkston. And Bruce yells from outside, off the camera, out of the room. Yeah! Yeah. Then Say the phone rings. Phone, lady. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. And how do you know my schedule? Uh, the phone rings here and Harriet answers it. It's Britt Reed, out of town newspaper publisher. Calls and chats with Harriet for a minute. Apparently he's old friends with Bruce. Yeah, if you're really dumb, you're watching this and going, ah, so Green Hornet is in town and also some sort of newspaper publisher. It's weird they came to town at the same time. Yeah, they're the same guy. Yep. Yeah, but this is Gotham City. The people don't realize any of this. Yeah. It's like how Clark Kent just slaps you in the face with the fact that he's Superman and no one pays any attention. Yeah, like that episode of the that episode we were talking about the other day where they get sent back in time to the caveman days, like Clark and Lois and Jimmy Olsen and uh what's his face? Perry White. The news Yeah. Yeah, they end up in an elevator with a gangster who they're taking to the police and a scientist. And the scientist is like, hey, while we're in here, let me show you my invention. It's a time machine. And he transports them all back to the caveman days. And then Superman shows up and saves the day when Clark walks off to like, look for snails or something. <laughs> Clark is like, excuse me, everyone. I'm going to go find some meat. Yeah, it was like step on a butterfly and see what happens. (laughs) That was a fun. That was a fun episode. But the same thing. Yeah, that's hey, they just happened to be here at the same time. What? How lucky! What a lucky coincidence that Superman happened to be flying by in the past. Britt Reed at least has the good sense and taste to wait a minute before Green Hornet shows up. Clark Kent is like, huh? Looks like we could use Superman. Well, excuse me, I have to poop. And then, like, he walks <laughs> down a door, and Superman comes out immediately. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Has anyone seen Clark Kent? Where's Clark? Don't worry about him. He's safe. 
I passed perfect. Spark in the hallway. He said something about uh beans. Anyway, here I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry I'm late. I was helping Clark find a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we passed each other in the bathroom. I was just <laughs> I was just kind of loitering in there, seeing who came in to the caveman yeah. bathroom. I was inventing that job, the the washroom attendant, where I yeah. I expect you to tip me for handing you a paper towel. Did you know that that predates civilization? It's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, Britt Reed here wants to meet up with Bruce. And so Alfred runs in and interrupts them after talking. They're about to go down the bad poles, and Alfred actually interrupts them. And he's like, Britt Reed's on the phone for you. And he's like, what? I, I'm busy. Find out what he where he's staying, and I'll call him later. Yeah, you can tell Britt, Britt Reed has some sway because... Normally, offer would just say, "Ah, oh, he's busy." Click. Yeah. Yeah, but you can tell, out, like, click. real recognizes real or whatever, you know. So Alfred's like, "No, this dude's smart. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna help this dude out." Whenever Clark Kent calls, Alfred's like, "It's the liberal press." Click. <laughs> yeah, but Alfred probably wants to go to work for this guy. He's like, he yeah. treats his manservant like a human being. He learned karate. Imagine what I could do if I learned karate. <laughs> Instead, I'm stuck here learning cat karate. That's yeah. useless. Cat karate and listening yeah. to that old lady babble on about stamps. Yeah. Uh, so then we get Britt Reed phones Pinky Pinkston. They know each other too, of course. And yeah. this initiates a whole some lot kind of, this of this episode of how Bruce it's and a... Britt and Pinky all know each other. It's most of the episode. Yeah, they have a long-standing rivalry. They've known each other since they were kids, and they've always been rivals. So that's established here. Uh, Pinky invites Brett to lunch with Bruce, so now we're going to get a love triangle. Pinky's like, hey, we're going to have a does the carpet match the drapes party later with Bruce Wayne. You want to come over? My cruelly painted pink dog will be there watching. Brett's <laughs> like, I'm into it. Kato, I got plans. Yeah. You can't come. You're you can't. Asian. You so, can't come because of miscegenation, but have a good afternoon. <laughs> uh, at Commissioner Gordon's office now, it's like, uh, the Green Hornet's here. What could he be here for? They assume he's a criminal. Uh, part of Green Hornet's deal is he acts like a criminal. He's like undercover yeah, I've butler. Seen very little Green Hornet material, so I don't exactly know how that works, but apparently he like pretends to be a criminal and like tries to muscle in on other criminals and then he like somehow goes around backwards and tricks them or something and they never catch on i, I haven't seen enough yeah. to really get how that works yeah well that's the idea here but green hornet don't forget we've seen the green hornet and Cato before they were a a window cameo they previously. were and they acted like they knew each other hey what are you doing here solving crimes cool like in that app in that little cameo there was no talk of them being criminals. They were like, hey, we'll stay out of your way. Yeah, good luck crime fighting. Yeah, you too, buddy. Yeah, the, the subtext of that was, be sure and watch our show after this. And then later yeah. now in the season, it's like, please, God, watch our show. We have no ratings somehow. That's Yeah, that's what it is. So Green Hornet must be here for a piece of the action. Well, what? A piece of the action? Yeah, he's trying to muscle in on the stamp factory business 
It's oh, Green Hornet, it. Bill Cosby, and Sidney Poitier. They're up to no good. Yeah. What else could he be looking for? Uh, oh, I know. The Gotham Gothic stamp. You know, that uh, world-famous, really expensive stamp that Pinky Pinkston's dad used to own before he died, and now it's gone missing? That's gotta be it. Commissioner Gordon Cheeple here, of course, were like, stamps are used to mail things. At least I've heard tell they are. Yeah. Someday when we steal mail, we can steal stamps too. People collect stamps? Do you also have food you don't eat at the moment, but eat later? I've instructed my men to rough up any mailmen they see and steal any any packages that could be food. <laughs> Commissioner uh, Gordon sits at his desk this entire scene with this smile on his face that you just this makes you feel sorry for him and want to want to make sure he gets his pills. Yeah, well, then Britt Reed shows up. So after a busy morning of phoning people and inserting himself into lunch dates, he shows up at the. At Commissioner Gordon's office, and they have a nice chat. Oh, hey, Batman. Nice to see you. Mm, yes, quite. We have a mutual friend, Bruce Wayne. Oh, we do. Yes. Meh. It's a weird conversation. And the moral of the story is, I'm nothing without my gadgets. We need to get to the Batcave to use the Bat computer to figure out who the Green Hornet is. Yeah. Yeah, I saw some video the other day about What'll happen to people if they if they rely too much on AI? That's already been answered. It's called Batman. Yeah. So that that's kind of the end of it here. Uh, now we're back at the stamp factory, and Colonel Gum is giving one of his one of his goons heck for the poor quality of counterfeiting he's been doing. Yeah. So that's the maybe that's the whole real game. name to do a better job. Yeah. Uh, the the two goons that he talks to here are reprint and canceled. Can't imagine why Cancel wouldn't take pride in his work. Yeah, and this isn't like some lame attempt at, at you know bringing down cancel culture. Uh, canceling is like a thing they do to stamps, so you can't like reuse them. Yes, a machine like yeah puts a when you mail a letter, they like run it's the because, stamp. It's they because cover the stamp it. said something racist when it arrived, so he had to stamp right. canceled on it. Yeah, not just the racist stamps either. Sometimes the stamps are racist. That's true. Then an alarm goes off in the stamp factory, and they're like, "Oh, that that means Pinky's coming down her private staircase. Look busy and honest." <laughs> that's that's what his what, instructions are. Which is what the manager at every business tells an employee from the owner. <laughs> yeah. Hey. hey, hey. The boss is coming. Look honest. <laughs> it's like if you, if you sneak in the door and they don't see you at Starbucks and you just walk in, they're like, oh, they're eating like bagels and donuts. And they're like, oh, 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 God. Uh, welcome. <laughs> when can we get you? <laughs> One guy's just taking all the money out of the cash register. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. We could have stolen money, but instead I'm just going to steal this everything bagel. So then they have a little conversation here. Pinky leaves for her lunch date and they have a chat about her and they're like, yeah, hope she doesn't keep nosing around. Yeah, there's more than one way to skin a pink cat. And I was like, I don't want to know what that means. Oh, God, she died a cat pink too? 
Yeah, I don't know. Or that's some weird sexual Catwoman reference that I don't want to understand. I hope in the next episode that the visiting superhero PETA shows up and joins forces with these two. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, back in the Batcave, uh, the computer can't help them. It's Probably not telling Batman's them who's just the... turning a dial at random. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't know how it works, for one. And for <laughs> two, it doesn't determine. Apparently, they didn't put in the necessary information that Green Hornet and Brett Reed showed up in the city at the same time, inserting themselves into the, the week's actions. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's determined that, of course, the uh, because the bat computer doesn't have the dual identity bat sensor it can't tell them who people's secret identity is and batman says we'll pick up some parts for that when we go out yeah yeah you know how we'll just get alfred to put the dual identity bat sensor components on his shopping list next time he heads to town yeah yeah i'm sure that the bat computer which can figure out anything else can figure out that your secret identities that are poorly kept at best. Like it's probably like that meme with that little bear guy who like is looking side eye and then he looks straight ahead. That's what the bat computer does. <laughs> Batman's like, tell us who Batman and Robin are if you dare. And the computer's like, oh, um, I bet it's Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it uh, it struck me here just talking about it that it could be like some Robocop level OCP programming where Bill Dozier won't let the computer give up the goods, you know? Yeah. You can't spoil my other show. Must not. Uh, objective four. <laughs> Shutting the, down. The back computer's like, I just want to go creep out my wife. <laughs> not that programming. Uh. <laughs> Bill those at the end of the uh. at the end of the series, just to spoil it for everyone, the back computer is gonna throw Bill Dozer out of a window and his arms are gonna grow <laughs> like three times in length as he falls. Uh, that would be so great. And then uh <laughs> and, uh, and then who was was it a villain from the other episode? Oh yeah, from the Catwoman episode where where Ward Cleaver shows up oh. and he's like, bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> Just to stick with our whole Robocop parallel. Yes. Yeah. So Batman says, Oh, we can't get those parts now. I've got to go. Bruce Wayne's got a lunch date. And Dick has French tutoring. Bruce said Batman said, and Dick Grayson has a session with, and he ends up saying he's French tutor, but I really thought he was gonna say therapist. Maybe that's what they call it. They probably should yeah. be a therapist. You got a medicine date. Get your straight jacket on. And you've got a date with your doctor. You know, your crazy doctor. Yeah. The next scene takes place. It's the lunch date at the Gotham Hampshire Hotel. And this is such a weird restaurant. It is bizarre. There's just weird lingerie models walking around like waitresses just talking to people not taking anybody's orders i'm not really sure they're just coming up to tables and they're like here's my phone number if you want to come to the hotel later and they're like oh yeah oh, where's my drink weird. i ordered 20 minutes ago yeah well, i'm not actually a waitress i'm a weird lingerie model prostitute <laughs> let's go to the gotham hotel where they let the prostitutes roam through the luncheon area 
Yeah, it was weird. And then I wrote, are they even acting? Because right now these two, it's like Adam West and Van Johnson are just like being jealous of each other and one-upping each other and like trying to get attention Yeah, from the camera and the lady. Yeah. They're like, I'm just going to whip this out. And then it's like the deed to the hotel. Yeah. That's a Blazing Saddles reference, everyone. (laughs) What a great movie. Excellent film. One of the best ever made. Indeed. Um, But yeah, this scene, this weird jealousness love triangle scene goes on for quite a while here. Oh, it goes on for fucking ever. It's just endless. Yeah. Uh, They line it up here where, so Bruce is going to line up Batman to keep an eye on things. And Britt promises to get his, dig up as much info on Green Hornet as he can. Meanwhile, this is my favorite. So Colonel Gum is here, dressed up in a disguise, just like obviously leaning over to eavesdrop. Yeah. He's like, and it's oh, amazing. what are you saying? I don't, 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 don't notice me while it's me. Uh, Myron J. Mustache, normal man at the restaurant. Yeah. So he's eavesdropping in on this conversation. Meanwhile, a waiter comes up. He doesn't rate a lingerie model. So just the <laughs> regular waiter comes up. And he's like, uh, "Sorry, uh, we don't we don't have alphabet soup. We only have uh, tomato soup, split pea soup, and clam chowder." And then he puts on like a big, blustery English accent, and he's just like, "Oh, wha- oh what a shame! You colonials are so uncivilized." Well, I suppose I should have to go elsewhere. <laughs> like he's, thank God that great. worked out. I had no money. <laughs> what would I have done <laughs> if you had alphabet soup? But he won't eat any other soup. He's only only alphabet soup, which again is a strange ass gimmick, you know. <laughs> I really hope we... that Britt Reed, as the publisher of a newspaper, has like a sack of shit reporter who works for him. That's gonna be like, I'll go down there, chief. Yeah, <laughs> and then Clark Kent's on over, and it's like involving himself, and then loses interest. <laughs> well. I'm just confused. Like, this guy probably needs some sort of attention. Like, is he a child trapped in a man's body? Is this some sort of Freaky Friday big situation or something? Because the only dev, like, the only thing that makes alphabet soup alphabet soup is the shape of the damn noodles. <laughs> I like how I was talking about Britt Reed, and you're still disturbed by Colonel. I'm Gill. St- <laughs> yeah i'm worried about his soup because i've had again and i only eat off the blue plate okay no wait a minute you're a you're a child you're a four-year-old child trapped <laughs> in a man's body yeah and i wasn't listening i'm sorry i was shaped like ninja turtles damn it <laughs> exactly mm, i only eat squiggly macaronis not straight ahead macaronis yeah rigatoni what's that no normal what's wrong with you I wish I could do the accent that he used though because it was great he was right up there he was very again over the top with this oh you colonials so uncivilized it it comes off like he's doing an impression of Terry Thomas but like an intentionally hurtful one (laughs) yeah it was uh, I, I enjoyed that part I really like Colonel Gum as a villain not as like a villain but just as like a background character. 
with some oh, severe issues. Yeah, he would be great as like a goon or a second, like a like a second henchman. But when like his plot is just dumb. But he needs or just a better like he can keep his personality traits and even keep the alphabet soup because that's charming. But just don't be about stamps, you know? Why don't you be like I don't know, lightning man or he something. He'd be trying to know. constantly get some sort of protein because there's nothing in alphabet soup outside of noodles. Yeah, that could be. Or uh, yeah, I know hats have been done. He could be the shoe guy with the opposite <laughs> end of hats. He could be the mad shoer, you know? I'll cobble myself some shoes and kick you. And I I've know. cobbled these rocket shoes. <laughs> <laughs> or they could just bite the plot completely from Mad Hatter episodes and be like, oh, he's out to steal the shoes of the jury that imprisoned him. Yeah. Or he's really into a different kind of hat. He really likes <laughs> Santa Claus hats. <laughs> Uh, that could be anyway uh, back at the real table in this restaurant again it's weird pinky's like well i'm leaving you guys can fight over the bill see ya and she just dips and they do kind of fight over the bill for a second and then it's like bruce is like well i'm off to see my stamp dealer would you like to come Brit, and he for says God knows what reasons like yes yeah, sure but because he's like i don't have anything to do until the publisher's convention later you can't come to the publisher's convention on account of you're not a publisher you're and just bruce some jackass like, yeah but it was a weird flex yeah and bruce is like yeah well you can't come to the board meeting that i have to go to later because you're not on the wayne board of directors well so, you can't come to when i later on today when i spank dick grayson for being bad how about that yeah i i i don't know why that had to be a thing. Yeah. It was just a like, weird kind Well, you can't come later when I when I culturally appropriate in front of Cato. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they had to have that conversation of yeah, I'll go hang out with you now, but later I've got business. Like I okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fine. I wasn't inviting my although maybe he would. Maybe that's the thing you have to do that with Bruce Wayne, or he'll just involve himself in whatever plans you have for the rest of the day. Yes. Yeah, hey, what are we doing next? Bruce Wayne, yeah. Yeah, that could be. So they go off to Severoff's stamps. And the stamp dealer that they're talking to here is also Colonel Gum doing a weird. I think he's trying to be Russian, but he comes across like the Count from Sesame Street accent. <laughs> I love that he set up a fake identity and had time to establish a business and also get across town from where they all were at the same time and get dressed in disguise. Yeah. He just like combs his mustache different and uses like the weird like one stamp, ah, 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 two stamps, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. It, uh, weird accent. Uh, they accuse him of, there's some, some accusations of, of hoodwinkery going on, flying around here. In Soviet Russia, Bert and Ernie's relationship frowned upon. <laughs> He's like, yeah. And he says, like, are you suggesting I hoodwinked you? Oh, no. Maybe, uh, no, I, there was no way I was hoodwinked, but I didn't hoodwink. You know, it was. There's, they use the word hoodwink a lot. It was strange. Yeah, the dude who wrote this one, who I've already closed that tab, sadly, but I think his name was Gaston McGee. 
he uses a lot of the same word again and again and again. Yeah, well, that's probably because he wrote children's shows. Yeah. And that's where the alphabet soup fetish came in. Is this the part where Green Hornet gets to teach us about the number five? No, it's not. <laughs> Quit asking that. Maybe this episode was also written on Bring Your Child to Work Day. <laughs> so after they leave, Severoff here, as the colonel calls, reprint, phones in to talk, talk to them about the trouble that's going on. Like, we might have to move move the operation. There's people sniffing around. They're chatting about it. He's like, oh, you should see my new counterfeits. I did a good job this time. Uh, but then Pinkston, Miss Pinky Pinkston, overhears that conversation. And you're like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Brought to you by you the alphabet like those. those don't come in letter shapes. Yeah. So, well, I guess they're all O's. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's right. This is where we know it's real. Things are really getting serious. Back in Britt Reed's hotel room, he noticed that Severoff and Gum are the same guy. And just to keep track at home, Bruce Wayne absolutely, absolutely did not. No, they no, not, not, even not even close. <laughs> Although I don't think he's ever met Colonel Gum either. But at no point has he ever like this is the the city. This is the universe where. People don't recognize the Joker in yeah. full Joker makeup if he puts a hat on. He's dressed up like a farmer. The Joker isn't a farmer. Yeah, that can't be him. Or, oh, that police of that weird clown man just put on a weight. He turned into a police officer. Well, yeah. must have been nothing. He's a police officer. Let's do what he says. Yeah. So the fact that Green Hornet was able to pick this out Absolutely fantastic. He stepped up to undercover butler territory here. He's a genius. Yeah. So, Brett Reed here says, also, Batman and Robin are probably going to be looking out for us tonight, so we'll have to be ready. I'm going to set my hornet sting to half power, because I don't want to hurt Batman. You give a shit about Robin, but I don't want to hurt Batman. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, the thing here, too. So, like, again, this is where they have some sloppy exposition dialogue to be like because of course you know batman and robin are known as good guys but we our reputation is as bad guys even though we're really good guys like they explain it here in a really sloppy like as my yeah, they brother, it in a way that doesn't begin to actually explain how that would work and it's clumsy it's like when the you know, the first line of dialogue is like, well, as my brother, having grown up with me, you'll remember that this happened. You know, like our mother always told us, brother, that this would. Yeah, it's just yeah, bad. As you'll recall from our specific past shared together. <laughs> uh, but did you notice here? So he's dressed up as the Green Hornet without the mask. And then he puts the mask on to leave the the hotel room and his mask is just glasses yeah it's just like a pair of sunglasses that's betty that's not he doesn't even have the little athletic strap on the back to hold him on you can tell he doesn't do much in the fights yeah yeah it's not a bandana of sorts it's just glasses really strange yeah. so then we get 
He does have a cool hat, though. It is a cool hat. He looks cool. And his, like, his jacket is, like, it's well-fitting. Green Hornet just looks cool as shit. He it looks does. too cool to pal around with Batman. He is. He is cooler than Batman, for sure. Um, He's one of those we... people who's from, like, the before Batman time that they took elements from to make Batman, who, like, Batman and Superman on all those characters are more popular than they are. And kind of ran them out of business, but if you if you put them side by side, you're like, man, Green Hornet and the Shadow all look, both look cooler than hell compared to Superman and Batman, two men wearing their underwear outside of their pants. Yeah, well, and they started as radio things, so they don't really like. They could be as cool as you imagine them to be when they started, and then I don't know the first time they were actually like portrayed visually or drawn or whatever, but. And the shadow was voiced by Orson Welles, who was probably like, I don't care. Perhaps he wears some sort of hat. <laughs> maybe maybe an alluring scarf. Yeah, that was in a, back when he cared, probably. Yeah. The Jimmy put... Olsen guys like scribbling down, alluring scarf. Okay, got it, got it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Uh, the next scene, Pinkerton is in the in the stamp factory confronting everyone. And then she just gets captured. Yeah. She's like, I'll dye you an inappropriate cancer causing shade of pink, like my dog here. And the dog is like, <laughs> and the dog is just a pink skeleton by this point. <laughs> it's like racked with cancer. Poor dog. Pink, pink fur is just falling off the dog. <laughs> We're going to have to replace this dog with a puppet soon. <laughs> I hope they use Wilkins and Wonkins. <laughs> they could be their own villains. They could. I'd watch that. They're too. They're violent. Yeah, you don't. Want I've them watched their damn rich. commercials like a thousand times, so I'd watch a show centered <laughs> around them. They could at least have a window cameo where yeah. they try to throw each other out. Hey, Batman, want some coffee? No, I don't care for coffee. Too goddamn bad. Splashes in the face. <laughs> Well, then it just cuts the bat rope and they tumble to their death. <laughs> yeah. Then you don't deserve to live anymore, Clip. <laughs> oh, what a good way to sell coffee. Yeah. Uh, Batman and Robin pull up to the the stamp factory. They go, oh, no sign of the Green Hornet. Let's, uh, let's go hide the Batmobile in the alley. So they do. And no sooner do they do that than Green Hornet and Kato pull up. I'm like, good, Batman and Robin aren't here. We can get some work done. So they head into the in into the into the place there, into the factory, and Batman and Robin just watch through the window like some creeps. Robin's like, Come on, Batman, we can take them all. And Batman's like, God damn it, hold still. Yeah, just shut up and watch. Uh I'm increasing your shot dosage. <laughs> no kidding. Why can't I have that automated? Just like tap a button <laughs> on my watch and you get more medicine. Alexa, give Robin another shot. Warning, sir. He's had too many already. <laughs> I don't care. Neither do I. I'm just required by the manufacturer to notify you. Yeah. So we get a repeat of the first scene here almost because Green Hornet and Kato come in. And he's like, hey, that sign means you. Keep out. That means you means you. Like, ah, no, I'm on in on the action. Cut me in. I know you're counterfeiting stamps. That's got to be okay. super lucrative, right? 
Yeah. I want a part yeah, of that. Because before TV, there was lots of stamp collecting to do. But then he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Come check out this machine I've got, the enlarged perforating and coiling machine. And then he just like, come look at this. And, and he stuffs them in there. Like they Which fell is basically for it. the Mad Hatter's hat machine. Yeah. He Except really we don't see Mad Hatter just with a different colors color like set. Yeah, palette. he's the mad he's the mad stamper. Yeah. And he's always like, you know my motto, boys, always stamp out evil. <laughs> like he's got a weird he's uh, I like You know him. my yeah. motto, boys, something something stamp pun, something else. <laughs> yeah. Then they notice Batman and Robin just watching them through the window. I think. And yeah, Robin's Batman masturbating. Robin creepy again. Yeah. Robin, like, hey, I think those guys just got stuffed in that machine and murdered. And he starts masturbating at the window. <laughs> murder, murder. Yeah, that's yeah, creepy. So then he He's says, like... <laughs> <laughs> He sees, uh, so they see Batman and Robin. He's like, Let's give them a thorough pasting. And when you're going to give someone a thorough pasting, it's time for a fight. And when it's time for a fight, it's time for the Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. Jim's Fighting Words! During this stamp factory fracas, we get Zlonk, Ugg, Zlop, Zap, and Ouch. This has been your Surf Kings of Gotham Fight Words Recap. My favorite part of this fight was when two guys try to carry off Robin and Batman grabbed them both by the pants. Yeah, there was lots of weird stuff going on in this one. Some weird shit in this fight, folks. They had Batman was on the ground, like covered up by some guys for a while. Uh, Batman and Robin do this weird thing where they like hold hands for a second and then like trade places, like adding leverage to their attacks. I don't know, yeah. it's weird when they do stuff like that. If Green Hornet hadn't been in that machine and had been outside to see this, he probably would, would have been like, ah, let's, let's go, and just left town. Yeah, Maybe we should divide our time between wherever the hell we live in Gotham so we can put a stop to this foolishness, too. You know, we could probably much run this town. We really <laughs> could. At all. Batman and Robin end up stuck to the wall on an undetachable glue pad. And they explain that, well, now you're trapped here. While while Green Hornet and his servant are being blocked, gummed, and perforated, you can be stuck here to this undetachable glue pad. And yeah, Batman's, they don't explain and, why they have a giant undetachable glue pad. No, well, I mean, maybe that's how they put the glue on the stamps. I don't know, but it's just vaguely stamp related, so they're allowed to go with it. Uh, I love it here, though. Batman says, you satanic mad stamp man. And Colonel Gum says, uh, huh, I'm not sure about satanic, but I'm definitely a mad stampman or something. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very cool. And then Green Hornet gets pulled out of the back of the machine. And he's been it's just he's a giant poster of the Green Hornet. It's just like a giant stamp. This machine rendered him into a two-dimensional photograph. It's like that comic book that has the ashes, or has like the blood from Kiss in it. Yeah, basically. They turn him into a a poster-sized stamp, and they thumbtack him to the wall in the ultimate indignity. And 
there's this he goes crazy here he's like ah, you'll never escape i know your propensity to escape death traps batman but this won't be the case this time i can assure you you'll be perforated and tacked and rolled and stamped and blocked and stuck to my wall like his big crazy rant i had a fun story about kiss so there's this commercial speaking of coffee earlier um for like Folgers or something where people are doing gymnastics or something like that you know all those things that just naturally tie into coffee and meanwhile the guy who's the lead singer from kiss is like yeah have some coffee in the morning and do gymnastics Ooh. and the test audience was like i mean it's fine i kind of want some coffee now but who's that creepy old man <laughs> <laughs> They didn't know who the hell he was and why he was there screeching about coffee. <laughs> Gene Simmons probably sued them for that, for mental <laughs> anguish. He seems yeah. like the type. <sighs> Anyhow, back to Batman. Oh, I was hoping that story was going to end with like someone confusing him for Julie Newmar's. <laughs> someone in the test audience. Is that Julie Newmar's son who has Down syndrome? And then the, the advertiser said, No, that's the guy from Kiss. And they were like, Oh, oh. Uh, Gene fantastic. is like, You ass. You don't deserve coffee. I'm going to buy all the coffee and pour in the lake so you can't have any of it. Fantastic. We've derailed a lot in this episode. Yeah, well, there wasn't a whole bunch of action, really. No. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. I oh. want to see some fighting. Did we get to the oh. point where Batman and Robin are trapped in the blue trap? We did. So yeah. we have to do our uh, cliffhanger, cliffhanger text. text. Yeah. Yeah. The Green Hornet and Kato, full stop sentence, blocked, gummed, and perforated and then thumbtacked to a wall as collector's items, will Batman and Robin to follow? With Batman and Robin to follow? When they're unglued from the undetachable glue pad? Don't stampede. Stay close to your stamping grounds. Tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Easily one of the worst cliffhanger decks we had in a while. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I do want to see the next episode, though. Oh, yeah. Well, that works out well because we have a podcast where we watch the episodes and talk about them. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That's great. Yeah. Well, I guess that does it for another episode of Serve Kings of Gotham. As always, you can follow us on Facebook at Serve Kings of Gotham, on YouTube at Serve Kings of Gotham, at on Twitter and Instagram at our show on shows or at our show on shows.com. We'll get something up there at some point. We're talking about a show that went off the air 50 years ago. It's fine. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. We have time. Took us this long to start talking about it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Quit asking questions. Anyhow, uh, on that positive note, and encouraging, encouraging engagement in community, um, till next time, bye, everybody. Bye, Dr. Nick. Sir, King of Gotham. <laughs>